Hit guys. This week's episode is brought to you by Epoxic Enterprises. Well, Heidi Ho, listenerinos. Oh my gosh, that was the cheesiest intro I've ever heard in my diddly life. Man, my son is starting <laughs> to get into The Simpsons, dude, so oh I'm like gosh. back into it. I, I took 20 years off and now I'm back. <laughs> That's the beautiful thing. You could take 30 years off, they'll still be there. Yeah. Well, hey, I'm Zach. I'm Hopper. And the Jeff's in the background. And we've got the world's worst guest. He sits in on us. one episode and he thinks he's part of this podcast. I need a microphone. Well, microphones cost money, son. <laughs> Pay up. Speaking of that, if there's any sponsorship dollars out there, we're all ears. Right? Yeah, hit us up, man. Yeah. If you want us to sell your product, whether it be a special pillow or maybe some sort of like uh, spaghetti detangler. I don't know. There's there's all sorts of weird stuff on the market you can buy, and there's all sorts of infomercials regarding them. So we can be that voice for you. You know, I talked to uh, Bobby Lindgren a couple weeks ago, and he said he was trying to get a golf cart sponsorship for his 4900 UTV car. That's outstanding. Outside of the box, man. He's a problem solver. Yeah. Well, anyway... We've missed a lot of good comment tonight uh, because we didn't hit record early enough. Yeah, yep. It's been there's been a lot of good discussion. Uh, you took extra crazy pills apparently today. <laughs> Zach, Zach, I don't know what your problem is. Zach likes to suppress journalism by saying, "Say this, don't say that." The the, the listeners don't want to hear you talk about this, and only say this. Many I mean, words. I'm just saying the listeners probably don't want to talk to hear you talk about swallowing a pill that's a camera that's going to come out your butthole. <laughs> when you put it that way, it makes it more intriguing, though. However, to you, the listeners, I will give you this guarantee: I stand for excellence in journalism. I will always bring you the truth, no matter the personal consequences to me. And on that note. Zach, drink your monster. I've got a monster, Ultra Peachy Keen. Same as last week. Mm -hmm. I've got Pacific Punch. Mm. I'll tell you what, man. You get buy yourself one little tiny motorcycle, and your whole attitude on life has changed. So my heart is filled with joy. I have warm fuzzies and smiles. I've been riding my Grom all over the place because you can actually ride bikes now because it's not a soggy mess down by the sewer plant. However, the morning commutes are still chilly. This morning I had like 8 degrees. It was a cold ride to work. But, you know, now I can now I can park next to Harley's at the at the local watering hole, walk up to them and be like, Hello, fellow motorcyclist. How is your evening? And they're like, look at there's a brother. It's so great. I'm going to say I'm, I'm still on the fence about this uh, attitude shift, man. I'm excited that you're into motorcycles. I'm a little concerned that you... Uh, might be taking it a little far. <laughs> well, that's what I do. I like to overreact. Whether it's like a positive overreaction or a negative overreaction. Some people might say <coughs> I complain too much about things. I don't know who would ever say that. Only jerkwads. Yeah. But, uh, Jeff, shut up. Anyway, uh, I, I'm having a blast riding this Grom around. I went to City Market. Uh, I think the fastest I've been on it is 55. It's a little little frightening at 55 i'm more comfortable sitting around 45 um but it's amazing like i i never realized how many people don't see motorcycles i was almost creamed like at least four times today by 
people just not paying attention. Or they're staring at you. Actually, I did get a few, like, hoots out of windows. If you were out there hooting at me through your window in town today, kudos to you. This is where I need one of those, like, uh, audio sound machines where I hit the button and it goes whoop whoop. Right? Sound effect machine. So, you know, there is a very realistic possibility that in the future I'll get something bigger and be like a for real motorcyclist instead of like a wannabe on my I own. am very excited to hear you talk about that. I am concerned that you're going to end up with the wrong bike. Well, I'll tell you this. It won't be a Harley. It won't be one of those old man bikes. I'm it's... not going to push you into a Harley because it took me 18 years to be convinced to switch over. So you've got to like you've got to put your time in and earn the Harley. You can't just buy one. Yeah, and I'm not going to. Here's what I'm thinking. Late 80s, early 90s Kawasaki Ninja. Oh, see this is what I'm talking about. <laughs> the wrong bike is still better than no bike, but I have my concerns. First of all, I have owned 21 motorcycles in 18 years. So you need to listen. Yeah, but they've been really weird. Some of them have been weird bikes. Like, you had a Honda Shadow. I've had every Honda Shadow ever made. And I'm a Honda fan, but a Honda Shadow screams like, oh, let me tighten my training bra before we go on a ride. That's See, this is a new motorcycle guy that thinks he knows what's going on. Honda Shadows are great bikes, okay? I've been watching a lot of YouTube um, about motorcycles so i'm an expert well let, let me tell I've you seen, i've seen all the videos so i know exactly yeah, what i'm doing that's what i was afraid of so i can tell you that where we live the first thing you're going to want to buy is a fuel injected bike uh, yeah that goes without saying no no more carburetors for me i love wrenching and tinkering i hate working on carburetors well i the one of the very few times i've ever been snowmobiling with you guys i was on a arctic cat and it was fuel injected and it was back when you were a diehard skidoo rider, and uh, you had to roll it because you hit a tree well or something, because you're doing something hardcore, and uh, we had to let it sit there for like ten minutes because it was flooded. And I'm like, "What the heck, Zach? This is like a brand new skidoo." And you're like, "Yeah, it's carbureted." I'm like, "Oh my gosh, seriously?" So anyway, and bikes up here, you only ride half the year, so they no. sit, and then you got to service them in the spring, and blah blah blah. Fuel injection's the way. Second thing I'm going to tell you, which every old guy I knew that when I got into motorcycles told me this, and I denied it for 17 and a half years, you got to have something with a windshield. I agree with that because... Uh, I fought it for a long time. I almost lost the contact earlier. A wind gust hit me. I'm like, oh, there goes the eyeball. So I... And the other thing is you got to listen to the old guys because they're really, usually they're really grouchy because they have physical ailments and they're really wise because if you make it to being an old guy, it means you've lived through all this other random bull crap. Well, see, I love what you're saying because I'm an old guy. It's true. So you have to listen to me now. And I'm almost an old guy. I, I mean, will be 40 soon. Funny story this week, a little bit of a tangent. I slipped at work, which never happens. Not only did I slip at work, I slipped in the pre-treatment building, oh. which is the nastiest, grossest floor there is, oh. and I smashed my knee, and I got a rug burn. <laughs> but here I am, this old guy, limping around work because I got a rug burn on my knee. So you just think, and I'm a little, I'm getting crotchety. 
So you just described me. Yes, yes. We all know you're getting crotchety, and you're sensitive, and you have feelings. So don't buy a crotch rocket, man. I oh, okay. I'm not getting a crotch rocket. Okay, I like sport bikes. No, a, a sport bike and a crotch rocket are the same thing. No, no, no. In my mind, a sport bike you sit a little taller than a crotch rocket. Like a touring sport no, bike. That's like a KLR 650. Oh, no, I mean, like you see the. The one, okay, let's put it this way. The one I'll probably never own, because you see, like, the the 50-year-old dude with, like, the BMW bike with the hard saddlebags and... Yeah. That's a dual sport, like, oh my gosh. sport touring Whenever bike. I see those guys, I want to stick a freaking um, polo stick in their front You stoves. have just described Clint Bobo. Sorry, Clint, but... But you do, Clint, you do drive a... A tools motorcycle. Sorry. I mean, Clint, you're kind of cool, but you drive a douche mobile, so sorry about that. Yeah. I mean, but watch. I'm going to probably get one someday now that I said that. But uh, I have fun on two wheels. It's fun. It's freeing, right? However, I did learn to wear a backpack around because when I first started riding the Grom around, I went to the parts store and had to pick up some stuff, and I'm like, uh how am I going to get this So, home? third old guy tip on motorcycles. A, this is a two-parter. A, don't be afraid of saddlebags, which you've already made fun of my saddlebags. Yeah, because those are dorky. But they function. Yeah, they look weird, though. And B, it kind of is nice to have a big bike with a windshield and, like, hard saddlebags because then you can just always put stuff in there. I saw a pretty sweet late 80s Goldwing. For like fifteen hundred bucks. Oh, I'm cringing. <laughs> I've never owned a Goldwing. The old man had a couple. I did tease him a lot. I have been in a situation where it would be nice to have reverse, which those Goldwings did have. Man, maybe you're a Goldwing guy. Well, I will tell you this. Ever since I was a kid, um, I you know I started driving whatever and. There was a a power sports dealer, which also was a steel chainsaw dealer. And I frequented there a lot because when I was a kid growing up, I had a firewood cutting business. And I cut a lot of firewood, so I was always in, you know, getting stuff worked on and whatnot. They're also a Honda dealer. And I remember when they first came out with the Honda Valkyrie. Do you know what I'm talking yeah, about? Yeah, those are big The first bikes. generation, of, like the, the late 90s, the first generation had the V6, uh, it's a tiny little V6 motor. Maybe it was a opposing 6, like a Boxer 6. Yeah, I don't six. think it's a V6. Boxer 6, like the it's, Subaru engine. It, yeah. Anyway, 6 It's cylinder, like an 1800cc motor. Yeah, and I fell in love with it. Like, here's me, like 16 years old, looking at this thing like, oh my gosh, it's so badass. It's kind of a weird bike. Uh, a similar bike, I've seen these before. Now the name slips my memory, but it's called like the Big Dog or mm. or something like that. I always see them when we're in South Dakota, and they have V8s. Oh, uh, yeah. And they're freaking huge. And I've talked to several of those guys, and it's like, how do you get this thing around? And he's like, you don't, man. He's like, the thing is ridiculously heavy, it's hard to ride, but a lot of people like to look at it and take pictures of it. Hmm. Well, that Valkyrie is appealing. Otherwise, I like sport bikes. I'm sorry. Ah, man. I mean, I've had a couple. Uh, there's nothing wrong with them, but I just don't know if you're a sport bike guy. Well, i tell you what I am. I'm a Grom dude, 
and I'm loving my Grom, and I think I'm very happy with it, and maybe someday I'll upgrade, but for now, the thing brings smiles to me, brings smiles to my face. That's, a, that's how I feel about all motorcycles. So uh, our spring break, for our kids anyway, starts today. This afternoon. Yep, they're all on spring break. Yep. So I am actually leaving on Saturday for a uh, nice little week-long motorcycle trip. Going to go down to my in-law's house. Going to do some riding with my father-in-law, Danny. I am taking the Harley and the Grom. Mm. He has two bikes. He has a Harley and a Triumph. And he told me... You don't have to bring your bike. You can ride one of mine. And I said, Danny, I'm not riding one of yours. I have two perfectly good motorcycles. I'll just bring both of them. Mm -hmm. So we're going to have four motorcycles for two of us. Pick a couple different rides every day. Take different bikes, whatever. <laughs> we'll trade around a little bit. Like a little smorgasbord of motorcycles. <clears throat> yes. So it should be fun. We're going to see my family. We're going to see Casey's whole family. I'm going to ride a bunch of motorcycles. I'm going to try to go by uh, Jay, Oklahoma, stop at mm. Mid-America, see if I can get myself a little t-shirt maybe. There you go. Check out the place. Uh, I know they're getting ready for the big race in Moab, but I'm still going to go by there because I'm going to be in that area. Well, I, my family's going down to Durango to hang out with my, my wife's parents, so I'm batching it all weekend. However, I am working, so that's kind of a, I can't have as much fun, but... Um, I've got several projects to do, and I'm not sure which one I'm going to do. One, i got to replace the ball joints on my Super Duty. I don't know if I want to do that or not. It needs to be done, though. Two, I need to install an uh, auxiliary transmission cooler and an auxiliary steering cooler on my XJ, as well as pull the transfer case and put a new Terralo unit on it. That sounds a lot more fun. That's a project. And the third project I have is uh, I need to bring the Subaru down to the plant and fix the front end because I got backed into. Duct tape. Well, I, it, it does the one headlight points to the ground. I need to bend it up. Um, that little mishap is what paid for my Grom, so I was pretty happy about that. Um, in the meantime... I'm heading out with Joe with Rocky Mountain Speed and Fab to Moab for a race, so I also need to get ready for the race, um, possibly help Joe get the race trailer and race car ready. Also, I got some people that want me to do some welding and someone else that needs me to bleed their clutch, which seems like a simple thing, but it's a... 1999 Ford Explorer with a hydraulic clutch and for whatever reason those that series of Fords those clutches you have to like remove the whole system and bench bleed them because they don't bleed in the vehicle so I have a ton of stuff going on while my family's out of town you're probably just going to spend the whole week riding your ground around well that's that's definitely going to happen um the beautiful thing about when my family's gone is one I, well, so I don't usually wear pants at the house when I'm home, so that happens. But when the family's gone, I can just put <coughs> a birthday suit around. And then, two, I like to get up early and, like, blast my music early when I wake up. But when my family's there, they don't appreciate that. So when they're gone, I'll be 
in my birthday suit, blasting heavy metal. I'm going to get like so many comments about this. Oh, this is, jeez. So my heart is full of joy for the adventure that is this upcoming weekend. So just for the record, because you accused me of trying to silence and control the narrative here, I will not edit this segment out. I will leave this in the show. Yeah, but I'm still following your bullet points in front of me. You've we, given me to we not will, stray from. We will see what people comment about when they listen to this. You know what? You know what? I give the people what they want. I give them uh, what gets them going. This is what people want to hear. And if as long as they don't have to see it. And if you do nobody want wants it, nobody wants to see it. If you do it. want to see it, it's expensive. The tickets are. Um, but uh, I heard you had OnlyFans. What? Maybe, maybe not. Zach, that's kind of weird. Oh, like, you're okay. my friend and all, but I wouldn't expect you to have a subscription to that. I don't. I just heard that you had one. That's really weird. Well, uh, you're the one that has it, well, not me. Yeah, if I have it or not, that's cool, but the fact that you're, like, thinking about this is really weird. Well, you... Oh, my gosh. No, no. Don't, tw- don't twist this on our poor, poor <laughs> listeners. So that is a, a little bit funny because I do have a related story. Oh my gosh. I had some family in town last weekend, some cousins. They came up to ski. It was yep. great. They stayed at the house. They enjoyed Winter Park. Uh, Parker had fun because they played a lot of games with them. And of course, you know, everybody loves to play with the six year old when they get to go home after a couple of days. So when they left, uh, Parker comes home from school. He says, hey, are our cousins still here? And I said, no, cousins went back to Oklahoma. And he took a deep breath. (sighs) And I said, man, are you sad that they're gone? Are you happy that they're gone? And he said, I had fun. But now I can go to the bathroom with the door open. (laughs) I guess he's been hanging out with you too long. Speaking of that, that's another project I can't forget. I got to install a new fart fan in the girls' bathroom. And my wife was like, it needs to be done. So I ordered it. It showed up. I put it in my backpack from the post office and hauled this fart fan on the backpack <coughs> on the grom. So I got to thank you for the reminders, Zach, because I have to install that. Out of all the things that the post office could lose that's yours, they don't lose the fart fan. But they lose the good stuff. I ordered a new soldering iron. Guess what? They lost it. But they sent me another one. So Did you ever cool. get your Craftsman tool set? No. That was the highest value item I've ever re- lost. at the Or that the post office has ever lost. I ordered this like three drawer Craftsman tool set. It was like 300 bucks. Something Gone. like that. Gone. They said they delivered it, but I never got it. The postal service is in shambles. Here I said we were going to like try to keep this positive, yet we still bring up the postal service. Have you been cleaning the post office at all lately? You know, I gave up because guess what? Those bastards can do it themselves. I've done a ton of free work for them. I, I used to clean it once a week. And then they just started losing your packages. And then they lost my package, and guess what? They can clean their own damn floors. Or I'm with you. Refund me what the because that's the thing. Like Amazon's like we can't give you any money for this because this show's delivered. And then you go talk to the angry ladies there, and you're like, uh, "Can this? What about?" And they're like, "Not our fault." I'm like, "Well, it clearly it, is. It's a hundred percent your fault." But you can't argue with them. So speaking of internet orders and postal service, I finally not only did I turned you into a motorcycle guy, which I will take full credit for, by the way. I have now turned you into a Dixon oh, flannel guy. I do own one Dixon now, yes. It's beautiful. 
I it's weird. That's got this gigantic tag that runs like the whole length of my back. It's cool, but it's like a patch they sew into the back. Like it's a big square. You're not talking about like the actual tag sticker thing that you're supposed to take off, right? No, no, no. Like it's like a like a two inch by two inch square. Well, your back is a lot it, bigger than two inches. It itches. Like okay. it freaking. Do you not wear a shirt between your skin and the flannel? No. Who does that? Everyone wears a t-shirt under their. Do you not wear a t-shirt under your hoodie? Yeah, but the hoodie is a hoodie. A, a flannel is a nice I hoodie. I don't wear a t-shirt under my shirt. All right, listeners, let us know on that one, too. If you don't or if you do wear a t-shirt under your flannel. All right, flannel. listeners, do you wear underwear under your underwear? You wear underwear under your pants. Yeah, but... I hope, unless you're Parker, my six-year-old, then sometimes you wear it on the outside, but that's cool. I'm not going to... Well, the cool thing is amongst the army people is they don't wear underwear. Well, let's go back to the flannel here, man. If the tag itches you, that alone is enough reason to just throw a t-shirt on. Problem solved. Then, then I boil. Anyway, I have a Dixon. I'll wear it once or twice, but I'm a Carhartt guy. I don't wear Dixon. I wear Carhartt. Well, it looked damn good on you on the photo you sent me. It did. I got a lot of compliments. We even got Jeff to buy one. Well, I haven't seen Jeff in one yet. Well, I haven't seen him wear it. And I haven't seen Jeff either. So Jeff is here tonight. I literally thought Jeff was dead. I, he had he stopped texting. He stopped showing up. Like, he wasn't even complaining. I was like, is Jeff even alive? And I, every once in a while, I'd, I'd drive by the fire station. Because Jeff's, Jeff's busy with work. They're doing this new thing. Look, he's on his laptop now. He working. joined us this evening to hang out, yet he's working. Anyway, no. I'll see his... Sometimes I see... Well, sometimes. He lives at the fire station because we have a training room that we let the cops come uh, use because it's nice and the cops are poor and firefighters are rich, I guess. Taj Mahal. Yeah. Anyway, um, I thought he was, for the most part, dead, and here he is. So maybe one day I'll see him wearing a Dixon, and when he does, I'll wear mine, and you'll wear yours, and we'll be like the three best friends. There you go. But in the meantime, I don't really wear the Dixon. I, I am a little concerned that you've listened to me about, like, two major life changes in the last, like, week, two weeks, three weeks. Zach, what can I say? I respect my elders, and you're an old man now. This you're, is a little scary. You are 40, so I've got to respect the old men in my life. That's weird, man. I'm just also, not used to people listening. Also, one more complaint. <coughs> if you drive a Ford Ranger, you're grouchy. Because my one of the guys at work, he's looking at getting a Ford Ranger. And the longer... Uh, Jeff is looking at getting a Ford... Oh my gosh, look at all these old guys. These guys that are getting older, looking at Ford Rangers, and they're turning into cranks. Like grumpy old men. I wonder if the trend is more just that all the people we know are getting older and we're all just getting crankier. I'm not. Uh, I'm getting cooler. 23 minutes and 8 seconds ago, you were about level 9 crabby. Before I hit record, man, you were crabby. That's because you were trying to rain on my parade. Oh, man. Anyway, I think, I think there's a direct correlation between grouchiness and Ford Ranger driving. So, I'm going to say this right now. Well, part of this is because I worked on my sister's Ford Ranger, but I will never, ever, mark my words, I'm saying this right now, the date, 324-22, I will never 
have a Ford Ranger. I hate Ford Rangers. I despise them. They're so hard to work on. They're junk. They're garbage. I will never own a Ford Ranger. However, I would love to own a Ford Bronco too, which oh, is the same which is, thing. Oh, terrible. But I hope my buddy Bob Neal is listening to this. He had two Bronco 2s when we were kids, when we were high schoolers. He upgraded to two Dodge Ram Chargers. Ooh, now, that's a bet- classy gentleman right between there. Between the two Ram Chargers, there was probably enough metal there for three-fourths <laughs> to a whole Dodge Ram Charger. <laughs> Little rusty, not going to lie. Well, I don't like Ford Rangers. Ford, I'm a Ford, like I said, I worship at the altar of the Blue Oval, and I light candles to... F- St. Henry of Ford. What about a S10? Dodge Dakota. Uh, not a fan of either of them. If I okay, if it comes to mini trucks, I'm a Japanese mini truck guy. Okay, not a not an American. I'll take F150. In fact, I saw F150 for sale today, Jeff. It may be your old F150. The red one? Yeah, red and white one. Two grand. Almost as rusty as seven hundred dollar truck. I'm very aware of this. Um, pretty rusty. Very rusty, no fender wells, but uh, we yeah. don't talk about politics on much. About we don't talk about politics much on this show. Yeah, let me clarify. However, inflation is insane. Oh my! Gosh. And I base that off of snowmobiles, motorcycles, trucks, campers, Jeeps. used the used market. Holy smokes! When it's cheaper, man. listen. Here's the crazy thing: when it's cheaper to buy, go to Honda dealer and buy a new Grom cheaper than in some cases buying a used Grom. 95%. It's ridiculous. Yeah. A weird, one of the guys at work, the same grouchy old bird who was trying to buy a Ranger, who happens to be our mayor, the mayor works for me, um, he was looking to buy a Ranger, and then he's trying to buy a PlayStation 5. This, what's this old bald man we're talking about, right? And he's short, is so he, that makes him extra grouchy. Is he grouchy. really old? I didn't think he was that old. He's in his mid-40s. That's old. I don't think, Early you're, 40s. I don't think you're old, Josh. Anyway, anyway, he's looking at PlayStation 5. He cannot find one. And when he finds them, they're like a 1000 bucks, And they like last for an hour, and then they're gone. Ridiculous. Anyway, I digress. <coughs> I oh, mean, Oh, one yeah. more thing. One more thing. One, the whole thing about this, you know, everything's weird, like chip shortages and all that. Um, I did hear somebody read an article about how companies are looking at how globalization is maybe not as great as they thought it was, and they're bringing manufacturing back to the U.S. possibly, which is exciting for me. I think that's cool. I selfishly want that to happen because I wouldn't mind the used market dropping down again, and part of that to happen is... They need to be able to sell new trucks so people can have used trucks for me to buy. But yeah, it's pretty crazy, man. Yeah. And it's uh, it's not just like trucks and vehicles. It's like everything. everything. Literally everything. Try buying an enclosed trailer in Colorado right now. Try buying windshield wipers. I just spent forty dollars on the entry mm. level uh, winter blades at CarQuest. They're freaking like eighteen dollars a piece. Ridiculous. Yeah. Whatever. When I was a kid, cheeseburgers were a nickel. Didn't somebody actually tell you that? Yeah, one of my board members was... I was talking about we needed to compensate our staff a little more. 
and he did bring that up that cheeseburgers were a nickel, but he's also like 450 years old. Man, I would not want to eat a five cent cheeseburger today. I'm, well, not today, but like back in the day, I've been like, ah, back when I was a kid, we hadn't invented cheeseburgers yet. We're still getting scalped. I gotta say, great open segment tonight, man. I even followed your bullet points of things to say and not to say. For the record, there is no bullet point list in front of you, but whatever. <laughs> Zach, they, it was like an implied bullet point list. Yeah, uh-huh. <coughs> so, Who are we talking to tonight? We, we, uh, we should get our guests. We're going to go multiple guests here again tonight. Oh, I love it. A team. Uh, I'm sure that you've heard of them. Aaron and Grizz. Oh my gosh, I love them. They run Yellowstone Off-Road Racing. Such a cool group of people. They uh, they do a lot of cool races. They also race in Ultra 4. Aaron raced at King of the Hammers this year. We're going to talk to her about that. We're going to talk to them about the races and the schedule and some cool things they got going on. But yeah, they're like super cool to hang out with. Yeah, I... Uh... That's def- they have, the circuit they have is definitely cool. Some pretty rad people up there. And, uh, I mean, what more can you say? There's rattlesnakes at some of the racetracks. That's cool. Like, that's hardcore to me. Well, let's get a little word from our sponsor. We'll dial up Aaron and Grizz. And, uh, yeah, we'll find out more about them. Thanks for listening to tonight's open segment. We apologize if we offended you. No apologies here. We do not apologize uh, to Jeff. He still is statistically the worst guest we've ever had. I do apologize that Jeff is here making snide comments. Yep, sorry about that, but it is what it is. I'm waiting for my microphone. Yeah. Let's hear a little word from our boys over at Hypoxic Enterprises. Hypoxic Enterprises of Laramie, Wyoming was created by two normal guys with a simple goal in mind, to create a more affordable option for everything off-road. Hypoxic started over 15 years ago with a love of Jeeps and rock crawling. While Jeeps were their gateway, the growth of the UTV industry couldn't be ignored, and the racing bug came shortly after. Hypoxic has a true passion for everything off-road, from racing at Ultra Force King of the Hammers to weekend cruises with the family. Whether you're a first-time UTV owner or an experienced racer, Hypoxic Enterprises is here to help you build the machine of your dreams. Ride safe, ride often. Hypoxic Enterprises of Laramie, Wyoming. All right, we got them on. We got Aaron and we got Grizz. Yellowstone Off-Road Racing. What's up, guys? How's it going? Good. Awesome to have you on the show with us. We're glad you could join us. Thanks for having us. You uh, you guys are like, for us, you kind of have a special place in our heart because you hosted the first race that we ever took our own race car to. I know. And I actually, it, I watched that build on Facebook and then you guys showed up. I'm like, oh, hey, it's you guys. Yeah. yeah. So our car owner, Joe Gould, checked in at the, the Big Sky last year. Yeah. June and he was like that girl knew who we were <laughs> now me and Hopper were like oh man girls girls always know who we are right <laughs> yeah. right right but, but maybe not maybe Joe doesn't have that I don't know yeah well there's that he's old 
Oh, <laughs> well, just me. we just got done talking about how old we were. Yeah, so. Zach, I was going to say, have you looked in the mirror lately, <coughs> old man? Well, anyway, yeah, <laughs> we're, we're pumped to have you guys on the show. Uh, you guys run this awesome series. You also, uh, Aaron, you raced at King of the Hammers this year. Right. So we want to talk to you a little bit about that. But mm -hmm. uh, why don't you guys kind of tell everybody who you are, like, give us a little bit of your background and your history so that they know who you guys are. Uh, I'm Grizz. I've been with your forever. I bought it in 2012. We were talking to Don who helps run it with us. And so I'm Grizz. I own this series. Aaron is the mastermind behind everything. I'm just here. I think that's all I am. I'm just here for it. Aaron does everything. <laughs> so you're the uh you're the pretty face behind it right yeah. man yeah yeah that's exactly what i am he's just here for his looks i'm just here for my looks <laughs> i i get that <laughs> my my phone is dinging off the hook and i only am bringing this up because it is race related because i because you should be voting for john's truck on something jake versi does not have his car ready for Moab in 10 days. Oh, I oh. heard that. Because he totaled it at King yeah. of the Hammers. Yep. And that could be interesting. Mm. Could be yeah. interesting. Anyway, yeah. let's go, let's go back to For a while. He raced with us for, I don't know, probably. A couple years before five years, Ultra maybe? 4 started racing with us. So. Yeah, he's, yeah, he's at Idaho. He's hmm. from Idaho. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah I he was it. racing with uh, Zollinger. They just came up and started racing with us. Mm -hmm. Well, I'm a huge fan because he drinks almost as much Dr. Pepper as I do. So, <laughs> <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> well, that's that's impressive because Zach drinks more Dr. Pepper than anybody I know. Yeah, including the Dr. Pepper owners. Is that a They're, thing? I don't know. I don't know. Boy, we are way off. Oh, okay. Okay. Aaron, yeah. Tell us, tell us about, about how you got involved. Uh, so I moved back to Montana in 2013 and my family, my dad owned a couple of race trucks. My little sister raced a razor with her best friend. So when I came back, they were like all doing these off-road things. I'm like, okay, well, I'll go whatever. And then I raced for a couple years. Then I started, like, I just kind of took over all the paperwork. Then I do all the timing and then I mark the track. You know, I just do the stuff. So you guys, everything are, goes on. you guys are primarily volunteer based, right? Yellowstone oh. off racing. Oh, uh, yeah. Yes. Mm -hmm. The whole thing this is, is not a peg with... gig at all. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, not a peg gig at all. No, it's all volunteer. It's been around so. It started with one race in Columbus, and a lot of the guys that'll listen will remember, like in 2009, there was a race in Columbus. It was the first one. It's on Al Hogan. For those of you that have watched the Baja down south, Al Hogan's been around forever. He won the Baja 1000 a while back, but it's on his property. It was eight degrees and snowing for oh. first race. <laughs> so but back in those days that was our only race and then the second it year like, it was like seven cars or something right yeah there wasn't then. a bunch second year there was a bunch more cars but when you raced you had to somewhere in the race at some point you had to 
drop a tire and you can put the same tire back on or change a tire and take five gallons of fuel. And you had to open a gate. That's why we started with the Wild West. You had to open a gate that we pulled tight. So your passenger opened the gate, had to close it behind a bob wire gate at that. Oh my and, gosh, that's awesome. And then, and then jump in the car, which was good for a couple of years. And then that's when Don, Don was running it and I was helping. And uh, then we realized the car's going across the field and there's legs hanging out of it. We got a couple safety issues here. <laughs> the passengers were just jumping in and the car driver was taken off. They were putting buckles on as they're going across the field. <clears throat> so that's kind oh. of where it started. And then a good friend of ours, a late friend of ours, Scott, decided he wanted to make it into a series. Hmm. So he got us on the track that you guys have been to in Broadview there and uh, got that property. And we built that track. I think it was, we thought it was huge. It was 26 miles on our first year. Mm. Um, and then we, that's when your became an organization was we decided now that it was getting a little bigger, we better make an organization. So Don started your uh, Yellowstone off-road racing, you know, going off the Yellowstones right up the road from us. So that's where that kind of all started. And it's grown since then. I bought it off Don when he, uh, uh, wanted to not get out of it he still helps me he's the one that texts you guys but uh he uh he kind of wanted out a little bit and I got conned into buying it I think is how that worked <laughs> I don't know he told me how great it was little, you know so and then since then we've grown to four races we added Sturgis um Powell Wyoming that track's been around since the 90s 86 something way around so we race our four races and put on a series and a few years ago all the ultra four guys started coming up so it's been a good thing hmm. so i i love the i love the gate aspect of it and on top of it it's a a bob wire gate like you know i don't know how many people out there in listener land have had to deal with like three strand four strand bob wire gates but if you do not open them just right or close them just right they turn into a tangled mess and they quit working mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so yeah. the fact well, that some, some of them are so tight yeah like, there's, two, there's two gates in broadview when we're out like marking the course i there's one gate for sure that i have a hard time shutting it's so tight i'm like who even built this well and the fact you're doing this in the middle of a race it's like <laughs> That's like pretty intense. That's crazy. Well, and um, it was right after you left the pit and after you had to take a tire, get fuel, then no. you had to open that gate and do it. And we, and you marked, we marked everybody. That's when everything was cards. So we knew you hit your checkpoints because you got a card. Okay. Also, if you didn't have enough cards back then, and then your cards, you kept them because that won you the poker hand at the end also. Ah. So, so maybe it was last year or two years ago. Didn't a car flip or roll and end up on the other side of the fence? Oh, yeah. Yeah, so that, that was, was in that one that bad corner in, right after the pit. Yeah. He took, rolled it, ended up on the other side of the fence, took it out, and then landed on his wheels and took back off. And instead of going through the fence that he already took out, he went, he went through, through a different spot. section. So I had to fix two spots of fence. <laughs> It was awesome. <laughs> yeah, it was all it, like when you watch the clip, it was almost like he didn't even realize he'd gone over the fence. And then all of a sudden it was like, oh, like we're not talking about a gate. We're talking about an actual like, fence. Yeah. 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 
Well, that's, that yeah, growing up, I grew up on a, a farm in eastern Nebraska, and uh, we would always fight as kids, fight over the middle seat of the pickup, because if you sat in middle seat, you didn't have to operate the fence. Right. So, yeah, barbed wire fences, that's that's a whole nother level of crazy, especially in the middle of a, a race. That's a that's pretty cool. Well, I'll put it this way. That was back in the 800 days. So the uh, that's the Polaris 800s. Mm -hmm. Those are first UTV. So that was that's how long ago that was. That's, that's when those were the big, fast machines to be racing. <laughs> that's awesome. So. All right. So you talked about a little bit, you know, getting into this series and whatnot. How did you guys get into like racing, wheeling, you know, like how did that all come about? You know, was, was this something that happened is your first car was a crusty Jeep? Like, tell us a little bit how you got into off-roading. So my, I bought a Jeep off Scott. That was my first off-road. Always had three wheelers and dirt bikes growing up as a kid, but uh, I bought a Jeep off Scott and then it just got hooked, you know, started with the, uh, the stock tires next thing you're at you know 31s and doing that <laughs> then you up to 33s then you know you have to go through all the steps of tires and yes. all the steps of axles that way you can have extra wheels and rims laying around mm -hmm. we've, we've played great game and uh to where we are now and then <clears throat> just got scott started racing and don was running it you know that's back when um i don't remember if was the the last year didn't the year before remember the inland truck art truck the comp one it was that was kind of don's first rig so we were pitting for him so just kind of ran into this and next thing you know they wouldn't have seen it you guys might have saw it on what was that guy fred williams the the, oh, the dirt every day oh, guys yes, that, yes. he came to our race That's and he right. was i remember lap. that so that race was the last because they're waiting for parts for that so it's truck. funny you bring that up because <clears throat> we're getting ready to go race. And I'm like, for some reason, this sounds really familiar. You know, we're talking about as a team down here before our first race last right. year, we're, we're talking about Mike. I swear I've seen that somewhere. Where have I seen it? I'm thinking, I'm thinking I'm like, Oh, that's a dirt every day episode. Yeah. So we went back and watched it. I'm like, oh no way, this is so awesome. Yeah, I totally that was so bad. That race was so bad. It was so muddy. So yeah. I don't want to like crunch anybody's like Cheerios here. That's the <laughs> PC version. Uh I have helped on a, a show like that before. Do you remember the American version of Top Gear? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it had uh, uh Tanner Faust and um Oh, the big chubby guy with the beard that's funny. Rutledge Wood. Okay. And uh, we helped. They shot a show up here. We helped them with the production and stuff. Absolutely, totally fake and, like, not legit at all. And when we watched the video, we were like, this is so chopped up and spun around. Like, Plus, similar similar situation with our race. Did you know, they didn't actually finish in time. They showed them crossing the finish line. They showed them at awards. But they they were, like, stuck in the mud. Yeah. So there was you know, that segment similar. in the episode where it seemed like everything was going too good and they had to sabotage it. So they hit this mud pit that was avoidable. Oh, no. Oh, it was 100% avoidable yeah, if they would have stayed to the right. They came <laughs> off the hill to the left, which there was tracks there. And I don't know who went through it before them Lots and they people. followed it. And uh, yeah, so they got stuck and then 
Joe, the inland truck part, and Joe decided they were going to try pulling them out. And uh, it cost them a transfer case and stuff out of the deal. <laughs> yeah, it was just like a huge out. disaster. And I remember oh, thinking, like, they're, they've, they've wrecked this on purpose because things well, was, were going too good. It was sort of a train wreck to begin with because it was so muddy. They showed up with all their camera people and they said, hey, we want to go look at places on the track to video from so they had what they even have some side by sides or something that they rented side by side in a Ford, a brand new ford truck they rented with street tires so they take off <laughs> so grizz is going to show them in his dodge so then he pretty soon i get a phone call and i'm at the trailer at the top of the cliffs where you guys like did registration grizz calls me and he's like hey uh there's a guy in a pickup up there can you send him in the jeep to come pull us out so there's this poor kid from california in skinny jeans freezing cold in the rain and i'm like hey your friends are stuck in the mud you have to like go get them and he goes i don't know how to drive a clutch and i'm like well, put it in low range so i like put a trash bag over the seat in the jeep threw it in low range put it in first gear and i'm like just follow this till you find your friends and like threw this poor kid in from california in the mud oh my gosh I'm, so hard. I'm like i'm sorry but i'll i'll at least like put a trash bag on the seat because it's wet so they like he had to like go find them in the mud. <laughs> that's amazing. Oh my gosh, that's amazing. That's the fun part about like shows that get made like that, that like no one ever sees. Like, okay, some some of it's fake faked and staged, but like it's still funny. Yeah, I mean, it's oh funny. yeah. I still saw Rutledge Wood Rutledge jump into a mountain pond that was probably 35 degrees. Oh no. And we're like, don't do this, man. This is a terrible yeah, idea. Awful. But he did it. And we got yeah. to see it. Mean, it's yeah. fun. Yeah. Yeah. It is funny. Oh, it was. It was a blast having him. But here's the funny thing. I get a phone call from a production company saying they want to film these people racing and all this stuff. And they send me all. And then I'm, we're sending you all these info. We need to make sure it's okay with your landowner and get permission to fly drones, all that stuff that we always do. Mm -hmm. I'm like, yeah, it's fine. And I come home. I'm like, yeah. I think it's BS, Aaron. I, somebody's saying they're going to come up to our race and film. Really? We're in the middle of Montana. Nobody's coming up here. <laughs> and uh, and it and just did. went on and on. And then when they got there, um, one of the other guys goes, you know who that is? I'm like, no, no idea. Have you ever watched Dirt Every Day? I said, no, no idea what it is. <laughs> and so that was them. And I'm like, oh, now I feel like an idiot. I should at least watch an episode before. Well, I'm I'm a huge fanboy of both Dirt Every Day and um, um, Roadkill. Like those are my two yeah. favorite shows because like that's like the type of stuff that I just dream of doing someday. You know, just right. like oh, I've watched I watch it now. Now yeah. I follow it and do everything. But at the time, it was yeah they did so they bring their whole production crew into the big sky did yeah. they like have like food and tents and like no oh, they no. were staying they were in staying town in a hotel in oh, a hotel okay. yeah we, we we made sure that we got that hotel that sponsors us for that race so uh the boot hill so we put them up there told them where to go and but you know they got i don't it was just we had bad weather, but we don't stop. We race no matter what. Yeah. Well, last year, last year there was a little bit of wind, oh, a slight breeze. <laughs> yeah, slight breeze. So, did yeah. you guys ever? Did you ever hear the our our lightning rod story? No. So, uh -uh. so we, you know, we we got this radio box I built set up, and I've got this like sweet J pole antenna I built set up, and I I got it all done. I'm and like, we had it way up in the air. Yeah, way up in the air, and um, 
you know, I'm, I'm, I'm a ham radio operator. I've got a, a license and all that. So I built this stuff. It's badass, but I didn't put a grounding block in line to the coax going up to the antenna. So that, and I knew better. So I'm out there and whatever this thing is, this cell, the storm system, it wasn't a tornado, but it was like a tornado, but it wasn't. Mm-hmm. It rolls through. It's like 600 mile an hour wind. The dust is like sandblasting. It's, it's crazy. Yeah. Right on top of the cliff. <laughs> right on this cliff. And so I'm like, I'm sitting there watching this weather go through. And all of a sudden I hear this popping and crackling. And it's my, it's the coax as the wind blows it close to the race trailer. It's starting to arc. I'm like, oh crap, I gotta get this antenna down. I cannot touch anything, any part of our radio system because it is so charged with static electricity it is electrocuting me so i'm like zach get out here yeah i'm making a sandwich and he calls me i'm like 20 feet away and he's like dude i'm getting electrocuted you need to get out here i'm like bring an oven mitt or something out of the camper so i can move this stupid thing and so zach comes out i'm like, like whatever you're you're being dramatic yeah no he was not like it was like a microwave sound like oh my gosh and like pop like you said popping yeah and this so basically my antenna was capturing all of the electrically charged air you know the big sky country air is just like trying to kill me and we got it down with like oven mitts and a pool oh, it was gnarly <laughs> i bet it was intense but yeah. yeah the weather was the weather was crazy um it, but it, it was, I, I have to say, it's probably one of my favorite tracks we've been on yet. Um, found a rattlesnake. That was cool. Yeah, um, that's for you, there. there's one animal I don't like, and that's the rattlesnake. Well, see, sure. I, I eat them. So it's always nice to get them because I enjoy eating them. I got a, a buddy up in the, he's on the Colorado, Nebraska border, and I get my beef from him. And so whenever I get my side of beef from him, he always throws a couple beheaded rattlesnakes on top of the the cooler for me because he knows i like them so shout out to doug gillum if you're listening best beef ever um and i appreciate the rattle the rattlers because i like eating them so I, that was that was cool i enjoyed that part. yeah during your driver's meeting you said you, you had a whole like prepared well, i had a whole about, paper yeah about these rattlesnakes and we're like what are they talking about well those not, clips so like 10 probably, minutes later yeah yeah probably six or six or seven years ago, it was like the year of the snakes. There was probably like 40 rattlesnakes that people saw in the Holy pit. Shit. And they were just everywhere. Cause it had, it was cold and it had rained, you know? So they like get on the rocks cause it's warm. Mm-hmm. And there was, well, and that was the first year that the Canadians came and they came a day early. So we get this text message, gets, Chris gets a text message from the Canadians and they're like, Hey, so, uh, do you guys like kill these rattlesnakes or do you rehome them? And he's like, hell no, we kill them. You know, because apparently in Canada, you can't do that. You have to like rehome them or whatever. So then we get this photo of this rattlesnake that they killed with a hockey stick. Cause you know, they're Canadian. So then I call him and I'm like, well, at first I go, did you shoot? He goes, we came across the border. We can't have guns. I'm like, oh, you could have went to my camper. And he goes, I go, what'd you kill with? He goes, a hockey stick. I'm like, why do you have a hockey stick? He goes, you never know when a hockey game or a bar fight's going to break out. <laughs> like that's true Canadians right there. Freaking Canadians. Well, Hopper cut the head off of this one last year and then he just yep. threw the body like away. Mm-hmm. And it was, we kind of knew where it was at and we would sit there and watch people watch walk by it oh, all weekend. And they'd all be like, Oh, 
there it is. There's a snake right there. And like, well, that's dead. we already killed that, but that's funny. Pretty entertaining. Yeah, sometimes there's a whole bunch of them, and sometimes you never see them. Mm-hmm. Usually, lately, it's been pretty good. The last few years, we one used or to two, we used but... to race that race in May instead mm. of June, and so you know May is different weather, right? So we used to always see snakes. Now they're not like as prominent at that track, but. I actually like personally haven't seen one in probably three years, but now I, you know, just jinx myself. And now my yeah. the crippled guy is going to sprint. Yeah, <laughs> you we, never want to see a crippled guy run, just throw a snake. We don't want to like promote the big sky race as like rattlesnake haven or anything. It's still no. cool. Even if you're afraid of snakes, you should still come to the well, race. Like I mean, you go yeah. to the King of the Hammers, the California desert. I'm sure there's like scorpions and spiders oh, and yeah. rocks and stuff. I saw like, a coyote in the desert when we were racing oh i would think i really like wish i would have had a gun yeah (laughs) the cool thing about the big sky race was the cliffs and where you guys ran the qualifying lap last year was kind of you know when you looked up you could just see everybody lining yeah and that was super cool and then like during the race where we were we were down there doing the timing and you could hear the people just cheering like yeah. that when I built that, I didn't even think of that. You know, I just wanted it down there in the bottom when I built that qualifying area. And I said, Oh, people can sit up there and kind of watch it. And it it turned out to be a great, great area to watch. And yeah, you know, and, when, and, when CJ comes through in the old uh Bel Air, yellow Bel Air. Yeah, oh, that was yeah. cool. That was cool. So so then you uh you got a couple other races you also yep. uh, like you said you did get to do sturgis you're there two weeks before the rally yep yeah. and we've been down there since I think 2014 like a... i think is what we decided it was was uh 14 it was when we started the first race down there and what had happened is when our first race happened a bunch of the south dakota guys came up and raced with us so they wanted something down by them so they found us that track and we started racing down there and putting a race on down there. Uh, Brian from Dusty Goggle Promotion gets everything set up and ready and we kind of just show up, run a race. And it's a really cool before, track. It's a really cool track. Yeah. So he, we went, I went to Sturgis uh, for the Ultra Four race last year yep. during yeah, the bike we rally. And I mm-hmm. think uh, he was the one that was kind of like the, maybe the liaison guy, you know, Jake, yep, yep. he was like, this is all because of this guy right here. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. That's he, he, yeah, it was awesome. I mean, he, I was mean, actually at hammers this year, him and a couple of guys from South Dakota were doing recovery and uh, Jack hammer. Okay. So it was, for me, it was really cool. Cause when I got out to pull winch line and Jack hammer, I was like, Oh my God. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> my friends from South Dakota were there. It was awesome. Well, Jim we got and- to- we got to do that parade through the Buffalo oh, yeah, last through, yeah. year. And, you know, they were all pretty upfront. Like, and even when he talked, he was like, this was my dream yep. to do this. And like, you could see it working. And the guy was just like all weekend. He couldn't stop smiling. Right. Oh yeah. It was yeah. awesome. Yeah. He's a good dude. So and then we do pal is our first race this year. So that's in Wyoming, pal, Wyoming. The high desert race that's a it's a fun track it's been around for years and years it's one of those you know super silty tracks and the corners it's all silt and there's silt beds because it's been around for so long in the desert so and that's pretty good and got good sponsors down there mike's off road so i mean it's that's a fun track 
Yeah, and then, that's kind of how I heard about you guys was from our Wyoming buddies. They were like, you got to look into this. Got, we race. Matt. A, yep, Matt Peterson, yeah, Chase, mm-hmm. and Dan, all those guys were champ and epoxic. Yep. And uh, two years ago, I was going to go with them, uh, but the race was on my wife's birthday. Mm-hmm. Oh. And I was like, uh, <laughs> I don't think I can swing this. And then after the race, I t- talked to them and they were like, well, we didn't make it very far. Uh, we apparently didn't inspect the race car good enough after a King of the Hammers uh, because the A-arm snapped. Right. And they yeah. had to rewheel it back. But yeah, they have raced a couple of races with you guys and that's They've been, yeah, Matt's been racing with us for probably five or six years, I think, like on and off, you know, I've well, known him for a long time. That's why we really like it because for us, like I say North, like we're in Colorado, but we're still North. Like this is the, this like is the North hours or nine hours, right? So. Yeah. Yeah, it is. It's kind of cool. And, and everybody knows everybody up here, even at our, our, the big race, you know, everybody knows everybody. They're from Colorado, Wyoming, Washington, Washington. Colorado. Yeah, it's a I good know. group of people. And then when we go to the other Ultra Four races, like you see all these people from Yellowstone Off-Road kind of like flocking together, right? Like, <laughs> right. Yeah. I raced against this guy and I, you know, he hit me or whatever. But man, like we raced together. So like, yeah, we're, we're together. That's why I love it. Yeah, it like was I'm, pretty cool. I'm sort of the person like I... I always, I, I always want to meet people that come to our races and I want to like try to speak to everybody. That's why I hated Broadview so bad last year. Cause I was in the shed doing timing from like six 30 in the morning till 1am. So there was a lot of people that came that I didn't like actually get to meet, which for me, I hate that. Like, I want to meet everybody, see how everybody's week went, whatever. Um, but then I sort of like, when I see people at other races, I'm like, Oh, that's my racer. Like I claim everybody. If you came to my race, like you're mine. <laughs> I love it. I'm like, you're my people, you know. I don't, it's funny. Mm. So yeah. we got we got the the so the Powell one. And then what was was there one more? So you did it goes the, so it goes Powell is in May 13th, 14th, and then it goes to the throttle down custom big sky 200, which is the one you guys came to the one, the big race. Um that one's 50 miles, that one lap. We're adding some to the track, so uh, we should be at exactly 50 if I get done adding everything I'm adding this year, changing. And then from there, you go to South Dakota. Mm-hmm. Uh, Pure Sports sponsored that this year. And then our championship is in Columbus, Montana. And that track, if you ever watched the old videos of uh, the first time the Canadians came down in Ultra 4, it's got the gravel pit in it. That track is rough, so mm-hmm. it is the roughest track we it's have at the very race. end of the year when everybody's stuff's wore out <laughs> they gotta go uh they gotta go race the hardest track we have it's, it's only 11 miles but it's like literally on a rock quarry it's awful it's my oh, least favorite racetrack huge elevation changes it's pretty cool um you guys uh you probably met rep burton in the 4406 um ultra four car raced in king of the hammers raced up here with us with you guys uh he on ci he sponsored that race this year so that's mm-hmm. kind of cool too get an it's always nice to have fellow racers sponsor yeah. the race so well and that's what's cool about your because you guys are you know northern races and you're in montana south dakota wyoming like you mm-hmm. get like 
don't no one should take offense by this but you get normal small business guys that come in and help sponsor this stuff oh yeah, yeah. which That's makes all it, it is. very grassroots mm -hmm. right mm -hmm. like you know optima is a great sponsor for ultra four like right. what a fantastic name but like i needed an rv battery this year at koh i went to uh -huh. both optima booths and the guy's like yeah we don't sell batteries here <laughs> Like that's a big corporate sponsor. Like I think last year at the Big Sky, like correct me if I'm wrong, but you're running people to your dad's shop to yeah. fix cars oh, yeah. overnight between qualifying and the race. Like yeah. that's grassroots. Yeah. Well, so you you guys know Tom, right? Prendergast. Prendergast. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Yeah. They lost a starter in their rig. I called my toner. work. I worked for Caterpillar. I called them. Had a starter sent at the counter for one of her dad's guys that brought it out and put the starter, helped them put the starter and a set of batteries in their truck for them at the track. So that's think, the kind of people we get. I think pretty much the last like two, probably three or four years, like Ryan Rockhold, do you guys know him? He yeah, I know guys, off of right? social media. Yep. Yeah. So he's from Colorado. He broke something on his trailer. So it was Sunday. He was leaving. They like brought it into the shop. Dad like had some guys come in. They fixed his trailer. Last year, um, John Snell that races with Proving Grounds, mm -hmm. his trailer like lost a whole bunch of things. So I ended up with his trailer. We put new axles under it. So they, John Grounds took John Snell's truck back with them and they took their motorhome home. And then when they came to Sturgis, they picked their race trailer up from my dad's shop because we like ended up putting new axles under it for him or whatever. There's always like something. Mm. Well, and I think didn't Robert go? Robert went and fixed something at dad's shop last oh, year. Oh, maybe right? yes. that's Robert where I thought of it. Yeah, he had yeah. Robert Taylor like went into the shop and like fixed some stuff, stuff or something in the shop. Sway bars. I can't imagine what would break <laughs> on the Honda Talon that Robert drives. Nothing, <laughs> literally nothing. That car is like bulletproof. Well, now yeah. it is because it's all made out of welds. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Robert. We love you, man. Yeah. Well, I do so, love him. He's so sweet. Yes. Um, like that's what I love about your guys' uh uh organization is you know. Like, like that, that, uh, you know, Hey, we have a, you know, a business we're excavators and here's our race car, like that type of thing. Cause my wife grew up in <laughs> somewhere in your part of the world. She's always tells me, I forget, but she's, she's from, uh, Montana and Idaho. Like that's where her mm -hmm. mom's side of the family is all from. And, um, so we're excited to, you know, as a team, hopefully make it back up to Montana. And that's when I'm going to bring my wife and kids up. Cause you know, that's kind of my wife's country up there. But uh, like when I first met her, we first started dating. I, you know, I was into like four by fouring, but I really had no idea like about racing or anything like that. So we were dating, I'd go visit her or, you know, we would together go up and visit her grandma because her grandma owned a tractor, like a pulling tractor, uh, basically a pickup oh, yeah. that did tractor pulls and that you yep. part of um united truck and tractor puller association mm -hmm. and they'd race that circuit so we'd go to these little you know small towns at their fairgrounds and and go to the the poles and that's how it all was like it was like hey this is our you know bob and sons excavation or or cliff's muffler shop and that's that right. like zach was saying it's all very grassroots and like i was like damn this girl i'm dating is hardcore because like she's part of this you know 
Um, so it was really cool just to make th make it through all these little little towns and go to the polls and then now coming back full circle, being part of this race team of ours, and then uh, you know hopefully bring the wife and kids up to Montana and see some racing and hang out at the cliffs. And I think it's going to be badass. I'm excited for it if we can make it happen. Yeah, yeah. qualifying will be in the same spot this year. Mm. Just ran in the opposite direction. Okay. Whole, every year I swap the track. So every year the tracks you run the opposite direction. So kind of change it up a little bit and kind of helps uh, fill in the, fill land, in the land. So where you dug the ruts out, now you're coming down and pushing the dirt back in. Or That's cool. Yeah, it's all private property. So we try to not screw it up too much. There was a new section that you guys had laid last year. And it was literally like when we got there to start pre-running, you know, Joe's like, I don't think anybody's ran this. I think they just took a bulldozer through here. No, it was a mower. It was a bush hog. Mower, yeah. Okay. And by the end of the week, it was like Baja silt. Like yep. to get from where we were camped to like where you guys had your race trailer set up at the entrance was like silt. Oh, yeah. And it's it like, oh, man. Yeah. You'd see yeah. a keeper and a truck pull through there, and you're like, oh, that guy ain't making it. He ain't making it. Like, Here we go. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, we do that every time I change it. Like that whole track, that's the funny thing. Is the first year we got done with that track, racers were coming back and they were like, that track's too hard. That's too hard. It's super tough. And we just looked at them and go, Scott mowed that whole track and an old international 806 with a bush hog <laughs> on the back. And there wasn't a spot he didn't mow. So we GPS the whole thing in a 900 side by side, hmm. sagebrush and all. Like me and Don are flying through the sagebrush that's over the hood. And this is where we're going to drive. And we just mapped it with the GPS. He put it in the tractor and just followed it wherever we went. <laughs> every draw, everything that tractor went through. So I just, the you look at anybody. Drop on Scott, that's why it's called Scott's Bluff. There's Scott's Bluff, that big, huge drop off that you went down. Yeah. You've never seen a guy in a cab mm -hmm. jumping around, trying to lock brakes up, coming down a hill sideways <laughs> wow. with a mower than that. So yeah, that's, that's what we tell everybody. It's been all mode. It can't be that bad. That's but crazy. It is, that is crazy. Our nutrition rate there is pretty bad. Like I think, because uh, I called Miles just to give him crap about. It. I think at the end of the day, out of the eighty-seven racers, only forty-four finished last year. So it's it's a tough track. It's just long. But I think it's cool because it's it's still tough, but it's different, right? Then. Yeah. yeah like hammers right which is well, that's what i tell people like if you find the trees on the property you're not even close to the racetrack because there actually are trees in one of the draws but yeah. not close to the track at all and that's kind of what like on the ultra four side of it that's what makes it fun is that like none of our races are really the same right you have hammers yeah. uh, we had big sky we, we went to sturgis which is short track uh, crandon, crandon. Mm -hmm. you know i mean what what a way different that's how all four of our racetracks are way different too. None Powell's, of our four are the Powell's same. Powell's like four <laughs> miles. Columbus is on a rock quarry and it's 11 miles. And then obviously Sturgis, you guys have been there, you know? So yeah. all of our races are way different. I think it makes a good driver when you got to be able to figure all of them out in a good team. You well, in a good car. All the different, yeah, exactly. You can't just build but, uh, an endurance <laughs> car or a short course car. Like it's got to no, no, be no. all. Well, that's kind of the point of like, ultra four right is the whole thing is figuring it out but i mean our track you know we bought some 
we bought three 1600 cars from a guy that raced with us. And we we're like, cause it was a good deal. So we're like, oh, we'll put the kids in them. You know, my daughter's 12. She's never drove a clutch before. So his Grizz's dad is a Volkswagen guy. So we sent the two rails down for him to go through. So the only car we had was the full body bug. My daughter's 12. Grizz is in chess gear after his accident. So he's like, can't even walk yet. He's in a wheelchair. And I'm like, well, you have to ride with her for a little while, because if I get in with the car with her, she'll never do it. So he rode with her in a full body bug, you know, stock suspension for like five miles so that she could like learn how to shift. And then we got her car, the girls got their cars. They followed us around while we were putting cones out. And then the next weekend was their race. And we made them, we put the girls in those cars and made them race a hundred miles. Like that's good parenting. Like call us if something happened. Call us if something happened. So they're like all the way out in Broadview. They raced two whole laps. My daughter was 12. She like never even got out of second gear. Like, okay, just call me when you broke. I love it. Didn't, didn't one of them podium last year at the race? Yeah, his daughter did with three wheels. She lost the front spindle on one of her. Yeah, she had crossed the finish line on three wheels. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yep. That's, uh, you know, that's good. That's the, you know, and that's the funnest part for me is when we introduced all the youth classes from the 1600 to the, the ACE class, you know, those old five or 900 ACEs and the little 170s. little 170s and stuff. I, to me, I have more fun watching those kids. You know, that's the future of our racing. And that's the future of our sport. And I love watching those kids run. You never, I mean, that's what racing's about. When you can get just a, you're not worried about the money. You're not worried about the payout that, you know, that little ribbon that you got around your neck with the, the little thing saying first or second, that's what it's about is watching those kids get, get those little standing on the podium then for me. So uh, Mid-America had their first uh, short course race for the season right, last year. Yeah. I watched a little bit of it. They really promote their youth classes. Yeah, and we'll see what's kids, added. Those kids were getting air, like yeah. legit air in those little 170s and, and whatever else well, they were within on. in Crandon when I, because I went to Crandon with, uh, I went to Spot for a chance Holloman from Washington. I actually rode to Crandon with John Matthews, but then I like went to help Chance. And then I ended up spotting for Matt and Greg Torney, who you guys probably know yep. them. Right? Yep. So I helped those guys and Chance. And I think at, during the heats, I spotted for John Grounds. Because, you know, in Crandon, you had to have a spotter in the tower. And a lot of people didn't have extra people. But um, I think my favorite part was helping Nora, Tom Prendergast's little girl. Mm-hmm. She oh, raced yeah. a little 170. Right yeah. It was so awesome. Yeah, like, we- I don't even think she knows how cool she is. <laughs> Yeah, we went down to get our car teched and we saw her little car and I'm like, yeah, that's cool. That's way cool. Yeah. And so I'm like, oh, I got to figure out, you know, got to because I'm on this kick now. I got my wife wants a crawler and I want to get my girls. Crawlers. His wife really wants a razor, but he won't admit it. Oh uh-huh. Uh-huh. I've heard you guys' podcast. I know this. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> what it be? I'm not a raise. Anyway, I digress. So the the family wife- can get you a heck of a deal on a can am. They're one of our sponsors. <laughs> <laughs> well, here's my problem. I don't have space to put all of these rigs at my house. So I think this summer I'm going to dig up my front yard and turn my front yard in the middle of town into parking, so I can have space for all these rigs that I want to do. <laughs> So here's something awesome I saw at Mid-America. I, I, I haven't talked to Joey and JT yet about this to figure out how it totally works. 
but they have, and maybe you guys could do this. I think we might be interested. They do a pit bike class. I know. So, so our race in Broadview that you guys come to, the landowner runs cattle. So he's not a fan of bikes because cows will follow the one track. Ah. And so if they, so if we raced, you know, if, if you raced pit bikes on the race course, you guys know what it turns into after pre-running it's all silt. So that wouldn't be fun. But at that track, I don't, I don't know if we could convince him that bikes would be a now Columbus, a Columbus though, our race in September, we actually are going to be part of, uh, there's a endurance like bike race. 406XC cross-country dirt bikes. So we ran them last year for the first time. They built a 10-mile loop in that, and they're racing dirt bikes again this year. We'll be part of their series. It's during our race, so it'll be a big, huge event for the end of the season. Yeah, I think that, like, the pit bike thing is it's kind I of... Do, I want to do that. It's kind of like at KOH the last two years, right? They've done the Class 11 VW Bug Race at night. Yeah. Over yeah. And like it's got to be a spectator heavy event right but because, like a loop because i worked for a guy that was a huge endurance dirt bike guy it would be crazy to have like a hundred mile pit bike race it would oh, yeah. that would hurt i would i, would yeah. do it. I am the i am you know i'm i'm now a, a motorcyclist i'm now a biker um a grom. yes yes so i feel <laughs> like i would i I would do anything in that Grom. Like it's so badass. You know, I walk up to walk up to uh, other bikers. I'm like, I'm one of you now. You know, I'm I'm super cool. Like I'm I'm like that guy. Do our chaps? I'm just That's waiting for I the assless chaps. I I've got them on order. I do. Yeah. Uh, I got them to buy a Dixon flannel. Oh good. <laughs> yeah, I'm, be I'm becoming a man about town very quickly here. Well, I, I feel like. Like Hopper and I, I mean, don't get me wrong. I love to go fast in a razor or a side-by-side. -side. Yeah, with a harness and a roll cage. But I, I have no business being in a race car. I don't I don't want to race one of those. It looks like it hurts. I've seen, I've scraped our co-driver Jeff out of the car on multiple occasions. I well, like to work on that. We like to yes, work on the cars. Yes. We're in the pits for a reason. Yep. However, I would take my Grom on a short course because, you know, it's fun. What could happen? Yeah, on a groomed short course. Yeah. Or a hundred mile. That would be fun. Like if it was like not a crazy where I'm going to like bash my or tear my Grom to pieces. If it was a hundred mile track, I'd consider doing it. We I'm should a, see if we could do it at Sturgis. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, when That'd we were be a good place for it and it's wide enough where people might not die. We were at the rally last year for the Ultra Four race. There. It was fun, and I saw dudes on Groms and mini bikes. You know, oh, yeah, that's over at uh, at the Buffalo Chip. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's called Camp, Camp something. something. That's where uh, I convinced those guys to. I'm not going to talk about it. There was <laughs> lots of asphalt. <laughs> We're just going to say there was a burnout. There was, might have been oh, burnout. that's right. I remember there that. There might have been that, some burnouts. Man, that chick put bike. on a show for us. Uh -huh. Oh, yes. Yeah, um, I didn't even know that I had like asphalt on the backs of my legs in the morning and we like went into town and I went to the bathroom and I'm like, dude, you should have told me that I had like black. <laughs> I got the black off the front of my body, but not the back because I didn't realize. So I'm just walking around in town, people watching, and I think more people were watching me. <laughs> like what well, the heck is on that girl 
I mean, we're definitely going to take our Groms to the rally this year and to that, yeah. that race. I'm taking my big bike too, but I, I felt like people in town embraced it. Even we rode our side-by-sides through town. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, the bikers yeah. were totally cool. With it's that. fun. Oh yeah. They're cool. And I mean, really, if you guys ever wanted to go wheel up there, like the Black Hills has a shit ton of trails that are super cool. Well, I uh, it's really I'm, fun to go wheel up there. I'm a even big, in side by sides or buggies or whatever. There's a tons of trails up there. I'm a big fan. Uh, we stay uh, my family uh, and the famous Alan Yoder. We stay like outside of Hill City a little bit. We've actually we just booked our vacation for June there. So yeah, we've rode a lot of those trails. Uh man, I love going up there because everybody's just like, oh, you're a tourist. We yeah. love you. Like right. where we're from, everybody's like, oh, you're a tourist, you suck. Right. <laughs> exactly. So it's nice. Uh everybody's super friendly. The trails are different there, but they're yeah. fun. A lot of yeah, fun. Yeah, they are really fun. And you can ride the thing all over the highway. I yeah. Can, well, that's how it is here too. Because I've got a Jeep, and Jeeps go on the highway. Yeah. So do side by sides in Montana. Just saying. Well, this is this is Colorado. They they don't uh, things things are getting outlawed here by the minute. Like, oh well, shoot. I guess. Uh, I, I'm surprised Groms are still allowed on. Yeah, the highway. we can drive our Groms on the highway. The inner yeah, but not a side by side. But yeah. I can't drive the <laughs> Razor with a roll cage and a license plate on a county road. Yeah, on a county road. Exactly. Yeah, that's yeah. We don't do that here. We do whatever we want. So, yes. <laughs> so Aaron, you raced at KOH this year. I did. Yeah. So tell us a little bit about that, like how that worked out and how you guys did. Because uh, uh, I'll be honest, we've had some girls on the show, uh-huh. mostly our wives, mm-hmm. but I think you might be the first female guest on the show that's raced King of the Hammers, which is pretty. Yeah, cool. it was. It was uh it was a really cool experience it was kind of hard you know (laughs) (laughs) but i we we finished the race but we did not finish in time after they did all the audits and i don't i'm not 100 percent sure how that worked out actually after looking at it i'm still confused but i mean whatever i was super proud that we like drove the car across the stage at the end of the day and we weren't like helicoptering it out from a rock trail in the dark you know so what class were you guys in 4800 i raced with evan sherman he's from south carolina so that's kind of random um but i met him when i went to crandon and then he asked he contacted me and said hey you're going to oklahoma right i'm like yeah so he asked me to ride at nationals so i rode with him at nationals which was like way different than koh just in general you know way less difficult and way shorter mm-hmm. we'll say. yeah it was like a so, mini. Yeah. yeah way mini it was shorter than broadview you know <laughs> so yeah i mean it was it was really cool i like was really excited to finish and not have to pull winch line anymore really but it is what it is man that's awesome you probably uh are more successful than our worst guess ever jeff bachman if he pulled like two winch lines and broke the rope like eight times and he didn't even finish. Oh. I pulled the winch line. A, a lot. I pulled it a lot. I I found out that I was not prepared to like race a 4400 the next day. I don't know how people do that. Hmm. Yeah. Was, and you, you know, know it took us it took us 10 hours and 10 <coughs> hours, two minutes to finish. That's a long time. 
I look at some of those guys that do all those races, right? They're all badasses, right? Yeah, like Cameron Steele that races every class or, And you you look at a Cameron Steele or like, even like Levi, surely like, you guys are pretty good, pretty good health. Yeah. You look at some of those guys like the Gomez brothers and and Shannon Campbell. Damn, you must be a stud because you are, you do not look like you're in shape. Or Jeff Bob. I know. Well, that's how I felt because I had this whole plan of like, oh, I'm going to work out from October to January and be in shape and all of it. I didn't do any of that. <laughs> <laughs> Jeff, did you work out and get in shape at all for, for our race? Yeah, I would run a couple of times. He said he ran <laughs> a couple of times. I, I, so, yeah, so, I didn't do any of that and I sort of regretted it. Like I got tired. So you you pulled the winch line a bunch. How many times did you break the winch line? I, well... I did not break the winch line, but I will tell you this. We had, I'm not hundred percent sure what kind of rope it was, but by the end of the day, I wanted to burn it in the fire because it kept tangling back on itself. So you couldn't free spool it. I was really not very happy by the end. There well, might've been a few like swear words. Well, what I'm getting to is maybe you can give our co-driver tips on how to not destroy winch line. Cause literally, I think he broke it like 32 times. Like there's literally like three feet left on that winch when they got done and they didn't even finish. I don't think but, that's why. I don't think the winch line was the reason why. But then, I, think, I think your co-driver did a good job. Oh, <laughs> but their, their hearts and their spirit were so good, right? I mean, they, they, they did so good. We shouldn't knock them. Because look at, oh, man, we just survived I mean, I do one- wish, I, I do wish I would have been in a side-by-side because when I had to change the spare tire, I probably could have put the tire back on the car by myself if we were in a side-by-side. <laughs> well, well, so, okay, let's just, <laughs> let, like, a, here's a disclaimer here, okay? We're talking a lot of shit about our driver and co-driver. We do that, but let's remember, Zach did take a nap in the middle of the race. <laughs> and we Oh, I did too, in the desert. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> we, we launched our rental truck like three feet in the air. So yeah. we- so we can talk shit because we're hardcore race nappers and rental truck launchers. Just let's, I'm just throwing that out there. It's okay. Yeah. You know, I mean, we had, we had ham and turkey sandwiches in the middle of the race. I mean, I stayed very high. I did not have any of that. I also ran out of water in my camel pack and could not wait to get back to pit too for some water. So like, let's be honest then Grizz wasn't doing his job. No, he didn't do his job at all. He was yeah. at the finish line and he had an empty beer. I got out of the truck and I was like, do you have a beer for me? And he's like, well, I didn't think of that. Are you freaking kidding me? I've been in this truck yeah. for 10 hours and you didn't bring a beer? Oh my God. I was so disappointed. I, I get- think we got to remote pit too. And I was like, oh crap. I don't know if we brought any food. And our wives laid out this whole like, yeah. like spread because they're amazing. Yeah. yeah. My wife brought You guys would have never ate if they weren't there. Well, we would ate, but I've just been like, we've been sick the whole time because like I was subsisting off of like beef jerky, cliff bars and beef jerky. And then my wife shows up and like, I'm getting some food, like some regular normal food. And then we went out to the remote pit and she had like peanut butter cups packed for me, which, which is amazing. Yeah, that is amazing. I'm one of those that, like, if my wife wasn't there, I wouldn't eat for like five days. And then I'd just be like, man, why am I so hungry? Oh, yeah, because I never ate any food. Well, you did try to eat a funnel cake with jelly or jam on it. That was ridiculous. Who eats funnel cakes with jam on it? Everybody, man. 
right. I, I am not one of those everybody, so I'm with Thank you, you on that. Thank you. Well, you probably powdered sugar, and Amen. that's all you need. Amen. You, prob See? you probably eat crispy bacon too. Yeah, how else would you cook it? Well, you're See, pretty listen, close to that meaty border. Zach, so. Grizz and Aaron are true Americans. It sounds like you're just a big fat commie. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Those are like shots fired. Yeah. See, wow. he's not coming back with any comebacks it's, because it's he knows it's normal. true. I know. I I would get the uh, American vote because I have the most American motorcycle out of us. Which one? Mm. I drive a freaking Honda, man. Yeah, the Grom is a symbol I wear, of Americana. I wear Dixon flannels. I have a Harley. I'm wearing Carhartt. That's yeah. pretty American. Well, whatever. whatever. <laughs> we us. Anyway, less about us, more about you. So tell, how was your day? Yeah. So uh, you, you guys live in Montana, like mm -hmm. we. Yeah. Uh, that was my first trip to Montana last year for that race. Uh, ironically, I explained to my dad, who uh, was curious where we were going in Montana, and he said, oh, man, I think back in, like, 76, I was on a custom custom harvest crew, and we went, like, right through Broadview. Oh, yeah, probably. Yeah, so we're was... heading up to uh, Great Falls area. That's where a lot of those custom cutters are. Yeah, so he's familiar with it, and then we get to Broadview, and I'm like, how would a guy remember being here 45 years ago like oh because there's still nothing there yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well i got a i have a friend who lives in billings and i was gonna stop and see him on the way through we just didn't have time but he's like a diesel guy he, i don't know there's like a billings was cool like yeah. I, I thought billings looked like I a like, really nice town i like billings they had a What's that? Billings and Billings. Yeah. Oh, okay. Billings and Billings. Cool. Well, there was a, we stopped at a, we were on the hunt for paint and there was a, a part store there that had their own like paint department on the side of it, but they had closed like five minutes earlier before we got there. So we couldn't get any paint for our roll cage. That was back when it was still shiny and new and we were all concerned that there were scratches on it. Was, <laughs> yeah. Put a sticker Let's on put it. stickers all over the roll cage. Oh, funny. Yeah, this, <laughs> this area up here is gorgeous. Like, just the Montana. I mean, you go from Yellowstone and the mountains mm -hmm. to, like, Broadview, where it's just Nothing. high plains and wide-open ranch and farmland. It's Some, just a little bit of everybody. So, everybody. totally unrelated to racing, but I got to mm -hmm. ask, because I watched the show, like... Has Montana seen an increase in tourism because of the show Yellowstone? I'm sure like Bozeman and Missoula for certain. I mean, Montana's kind of like people keep coming here, even though Montana's full and we don't want them to. <laughs> yes. So, you know, so similar to like Colorado, right? You guys are getting like an influx of different state license plates. I won't name them. Texas, yeah. California, Washington. <laughs> but... <laughs> So I'm there, but people think that they're going to come here and I don't know what you're going to do. You're not going to like work the land. You're not going to buy 50 head of cows and like be outside in the winter. People they like to, they like to vote for outrageous things, but uh, I've heard that Bozeman up there is like our boulder down here. Is that true? Bozeman is. We call it yeah, Los Angeles. Yeah. Okay. All right. So we're not too far off. We no. And it's, it's getting to the point where you can't even a normal working guy can't even afford to live there, but it, 
Oh, it's just... that's like the whole state of Colorado. Yeah, it's it's oh. getting bad. And, it is getting bad. And I have to go work there quite a bit, so I'm over in that area, and we got a bunch of guys that live there. But mm. yeah, it's it's just getting an influx of of people. And but it's close to like Big Sky and ski resorts and all of this stuff, yeah. you know. And then there's like the Yellowstone. What's it called? Yellowstone Club or whatever, yeah. where all the rich people live. Mm. Oh yeah, yeah. So yeah. Well, I keep I keep saying this. I mean, as I'm playing on my phone and checking the Instagrams and the Facebooks, like high-speed internet available everywhere is ruining our country because now all these people with deep pockets and remote workers are all moving to places like here because they're like, ah, put Starlink on the roof. I can work remotely. And then they come here and they have weird voting habits and they drive weird cars and... um yeah as i'm like i said i'm complaining about it as we're we're talking over zoom and i'm on my on my <laughs> I <see> internet <laughs> yeah well and it's it's this it's no different here and that's where the influx of people in that bozeman area are is it's got a great college so yeah. people can work from home send their kids to college sure and do that but if anybody listening we are full <laughs> so, <laughs> um but uh <laughs> Yeah, but they do. They bring in their their way of thinking, and that that kind of ruins it. Well, they suck at driving in the snow, just in general. We see a little bit of that. Terrifying. Yeah, it's terrifying. Awful. Well, not only do they suck at driving, but they're like, like, let's say we have friends. Well, I use the term friends lightly, but these people move up here from a southern state that rhymes that rhymes with Exus, Uh and they come up here. And not only do they not know how to drive in snow, but they have their highway miler tires on, like the the super awful. Uh, you see videos. We call, of, them, we call them all season summer tires here. <laughs> yes, yes, it's so true. <laughs> and then, and then, so I had to like one of my friends who's still in Texas. I had to like message her and be like, "What the heck am I seeing?" Because I see this more and more of these Texas plates. They're driving on the shoulder, like it's another lane. And uh-huh. she's like, "Oh yeah, that's that's how you drive." I'm like. Where? wait what yeah she's like it's a texas thing if you want to go slower you just drive on the shoulder i'm like oh and then so they bring that habit up here i'm like what the heck is this person doing that's why there's so many of them in the ditch up here because we don't have shoulders on some of our roads <laughs> yeah so it's it's like a whole nother world moving up here and you're just like man i don't know and then, and then old guy right and here. then get okay. this. they make things like chevy suburbans and jeeps jeep wranglers you can buy them in rear wheel drive i did not know this and then i'm up here and these people are stuck i'm like why are you stuck put it in four They're like oh it's rear wheel drive i'm like what the hell you have oklahoma plates okay that makes sense that's weird yeah super weird why would anybody buy a rear wheel drive jeep but anyway that is a that is a big tangent we should uh circle back around (laughs) So you guys are going to Moab, right? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, so Hopper. I am. Joe and I we're we're going the the lone the lone rangers here loading up and heading down there. Joe will be uh driving old 4955 by himself, no co-driver. And I will be pitting by myself and hopefully oh, nice. we can find somebody with a uh with a fire suit cuz I don't fit in our fire suit. So Joe's got to figure out how he's going to shrink too. Yeah, it shrunk. It shrunk really hard. I mean, look at Zach and I. Zach's like he usually wears it. Like, yeah, he's way smaller than the I. The good am. news is I don't know if you have to 
if you're going to have to fuel, I haven't seen the layout like number of miles or loops for this year with MAO running it, but last year we didn't have to fuel at all during that. We, we were ready to just in case, but we didn't. So Uh, I think that if you like make a point, (laughs) making sure it's full before the race, because that's a problem sometimes with our races (laughs) that happened before. Yeah, you know, uh, like most of the time, if you fill it before the race, that's a good plan, just in general. <laughs> you mean like running out at King of the Hammers between the start of the race and four mile mark or 14? <laughs> How many times did that happen this year? Yeah. I don't know, but that happened at our race. A friend of ours, he raced Lucas off road for a long time in a short course truck, and he has another truck, so he came up and raced with us. and He ran out of fuel on the first lap, like literally the furthest place from the pits. <laughs> all the way in the back corner and then i kept saying like somebody is walking somebody pick him up and he he just wanted to walk because he said he needed to walk it off he was a little bit <laughs> <upset>. <laughs> uh, so jeff and i don't get to go to moab we are uh, a casualty of the schedule change right, yeah same. um which is you know i'm not complaining about the schedule change it is what it is none of us can change that now uh, but we had scheduled the race mid-April, not beginning of April. So right. Jeff and I don't get to go. We were there last year. It is an epic race. BFE is a really cool area. I'm yeah. glad, even with the schedule change not working for me, that we get to go back to BFE. Right. Because that yeah, is Yeah, Chihuahua cool. would have been cool, though. Like, I've been to a couple of races there when you, Lucas Offroad raced there. Yeah, we didn't know cool. anything. It's a cool place to go. Hmm. I couldn't find much online about it. We didn't know what the course would look like. Uh, well, I don't know what it would look like for Ultra Four, but there's Lucas Offroad raced a short course there for I don't know how many years, lots, because we've lots. been there a couple of times just to watch. You know, it was cool. They have a really cool go kart track on the property, which <laughs> you know, that's fun. There'd be a lot of Mormons there, I guess. Where? Yeah, south of Salt oh, Lake City. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Probably. Yeah, but, my problem is with Moab. If I went down there, I'd want to take the Jeep, and I don't have that right? much vacation. Yeah, to go wheeling and go racing. That's one of my favorite places to wheel. Is is I I I love that Slick Rock. It's super it's fun. So pretty there. So I have some friends that are down there uh, right now. This is the last weekend in March. Yeah. All right, their season is starting up. Right. Uh, five years ago, this was early season. And they got down there today and they were like, this place is friggin' packed. Oh, I bet. There's no hotel rooms, no campgrounds, highway bumper to bumper through town. And it's still March. Really? I right. mean, oh, wow. We That's... went there like for Memorial Day, right? In May. So. It was so awesome. It was so warm and I was so excited and all the guys that we were with were saying it's so hot and I'm like I've been in freaking muck boots for like seven months I will not listen to you guys talk about how hot it is you'll let me wear my flip-flops and not talk about it (laughs) (laughs) I generally used to have this rule about Moab like anytime between Memorial Day and Labor Day like it was a no go right um but I get it. It's just, God, God, it's got to get so hot there in the summer. Oh, it's, oh, it's so awesome. I love it. I hate being cold. Montana is like stupid. Well, well <laughs> the older I get, the more I, I'm like, well, see, I used to be like winter's biggest fan. And now I'm like, I'm seriously thinking of moving to Utah or somewhere like Arizona because it's ridiculously cold. He and I don't used stay- to run his 
his fan with his open window like in December and January. Mm-hmm. Like, it'd be snowing and he'd have a fan blowing in the house. Yeah, I can't do it. Yeah, I'm I'm, that. I'm, that's me now. I, I'm like, I'm getting colder and colder. And my wife, she still likes to stay, you know, cool at night. So now we need to get one of those like beds or, or blankets that's warm on one side, like a heated blanket where you have Maybe zones. you should sleep with twin beds. That's what my grandparents used to do. Anyway, I'm like in one side, like bundled up with like 18 blankets on top of me. And my wife's on the other side with the legs sticking out from under the blankets, boiling to death. I'm totally turning into that like little old lady who can't stay warm. I need like a dozen cats to help keep me warm. (laughs) Cats are jerks. I love cats because they're jerks. Yeah, I have a cat. He's a jerk. It's great. I love it. I told my daughter next time she names a pet, maybe you should not name it Lucifer so that it's not a jerk. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. Well, yeah, we, uh, man, this is a good show. Yeah, they keep getting better. I know. I hope that, like, someone registers for a race with you guys this year and they were like, we heard it on the podcast. Right. That's it. If they hear it on the podcast, you got to tell Aaron at registration. There, uh, there was one guy that posted up this week on Facebook, uh, mm-hmm. and he was like, "So is the June race in Montana canceled uh, because nope. it's it's not Ultra Four sanctioned anymore?" And I'm like, "No, it's not canceled. Like, you need to right. go." And there were I a tried bunch- to post something too on our page when everything was in chaos on that Saturday. Like, hey, we're still racing. Like, we were racing before Ultra Four was coming anyway. So, like, nope. if you had planned that weekend, we're still doing it. You know. Well, there was, what was cool is there was a handful of guys and they were like, that race is still going. You got to go, you got to try it. Yeah. So hopefully we can get you guys some more. Yeah, that'd be cool. We want everybody to come race, you know, and there are fun track. It's mm -hmm. hard. There are plenty of guys racing from Colorado that could easily make that drive up there. Yeah. Well, I think like Alex Fleming's coming. Uh, I don't. Well, I haven't talked to Tom. I don't know what he's doing, but Tom usually, like when he came and raced in September, he brought the 4,400 car. Rosalie brought the bug. Nora brought the 170. You know, they bring like all of the cars. Mm-hmm. Same as Hammers, you know, which is super cool. I think uh, the Tornies are coming. I saw that they kind yep. of posted their schedule change. So they'll, yep. they'll have a big car and a UTV. And, yeah, yeah. And then you got uh, um, but, like, the, the guys borders open. The borders open, so... Oh All yeah, meetings will be coming down, so that'll be that'll be awesome because they're a fun group. I heard a rumor that Matt at Champ Racing and the Hypoxic guys, even though they're trying to to sell, sell their car, car, I almost had it sold. I I Hammers, know. Remember? I even oh, had the guy was, like sitting it and everything. He like mixed, almost bought it. Mixed feelings about them wanting to sell their car because I love I racing with those guys, but I think. The last time I heard, they were thinking about coming, and I was like, "Man, even if even this, though the cars for sale, and they're like, man, we got to race it, right? Yeah. yeah. Well, so, and yeah. Uh, some of the guys from Washington are coming. Like, I'm pretty sure John Matthews is coming, and Rob Boardway is coming for sure. I don't, I don't know about David, Curtis, Warner from Canada is probably coming. Eric Brinker's coming. I mean, we'll have we'll have some Ultra Four cars, you know. Now, so. now do do the Canadians? in their race cars do they instead of using race fuel do they use just high test like grade a plus maple syrup i think yes. so yes they do 
Yes, I love it. Definitely. I, uh, and, the time, and the timing's totally different for Canada or us. So, is it metric timing? <laughs> it's metric timing. <laughs> no, I got I got some friends that are. Well, I have a lot of friends who are Canadians, but I have a few that are in the fire service up in Canada. And you know how down here in the states, on our helmets, are we have the little eagles holding up our our you know the the shields. Right. Well, the Canadians have little beavers holding up their shields. I always think it's funny. We had one guy come down and trained with us for a week, and uh, he had a little beaver on his helmet. I was like, "Oh, that's that's awesome." There's <laughs> so many I jokes know. right now. So many jokes that are inappropriate. <laughs> I guess we got to meet the Canadians when we go to a uh, Big Sky. Oh, oh man, they are so cool. You like, better have have your liver ready before you get here. Oh no, <laughs> and ready for that. So. I was so I was so <coughs> excited to see them at Hammers, you know, because they that's kind of how Ultra Four North even started was because the Canadians had talked to Dave and said like, hey, like there's this race in Montana, we should start something in the north. So then for two years before last year, they did they raced with us, but it didn't count for points for Ultra Four North just to see how it would go. And then last year was the first Ultra Four North race that the Canadians helped get together, and then they couldn't even come. Like I hated even posting pictures because they're just stuck across the border watching everybody race. It's so sad. So do they have a circuit that they race up there and then they just yeah. do? Yeah. Okay. Yep. So they they called us. Uh, they have Punisher four by four up there that had a race series, and the first year they called us, they said, "Hey, we have this race series up here. Could we come to your Montana race and race at it and count that as something for our points race up here?" So that's how the Canadians even started coming to race oh, with cool. us. They just wanted to like use, come and race with us at our track, which was, it was really cool for our guys, like everybody to see all these Canadians with all these cool like setups and all these cool cars and everything. And like 10 of them came and maybe one of them finished or something. It was, mm. it was like Canadian carnage everywhere <laughs> on the radio and timing. I'm like, has anybody seen a Canadian? <laughs> <laughs> And because the they year, all like destroyed shit. It was terrible. That was the year Corey and Amber Corey and finished, Amber in, finished reverse. in reverse. They finished their lap in reverse. They drove and they're so polite. They're they're they so are. nice. They, they are so nice. And thank you. Maybe all the time. we should go race uh, a race in Canada, man. Oh, I, I'd yeah, love to. Yeah, so they they have some. They have. Uh, it's a uh, Brink Brink Motorsports is, is what's up, putting all the series yeah, up there. I mean, we we really well, I wanted to go to Mexico and race this year, which we lost that. Right too just with the schedule shuffle but maybe we should go to canada man get get some timmy hoes while we're up it'd be a lot less scary right (laughs) yeah hey yeah don't you know reach out to eric brinker he's the one that helps put that series on up there so he i'm Mm. sure they'd love to have you could ride our groms from here to canada we could cross (laughs) the border in our groms oh my gosh that's a terrible idea this is <laughs> yeah, that doesn't sound great at all. No. Well, I, I have friends in, in Washington State, and they for years lived on the right on the border, and it's literally like raspberry fields as far as the eye can see. And they're and down the middle of the raspberry field is the border, and it's like this 50-foot wide dirt strip, and border patrol goes up and down it, and there's like all these telephone poles with cameras that go through, but it's the craziest thing, because you're just like, oh, this is a raspberry field, and right there's Canada. Um, <laughs> it was it was just super low-key, like it didn't feel like a big deal at all, but that was the, that was our northern border. 
right? And raspberry fields, that's a pretty good border right there because like, yes, there's lots of snacks, but you're not crawling through it because raspberries are pricky. Prickly, yeah, exactly. Well, we we have gone off on a lot of tangents tonight. A lot of them. But it's been glorious, glorious tangents. Thank you for taking us on those tangents. (laughs) Yeah, we, you know, thanks for coming on. We really do want to thank you guys. like I said earlier, like we have a special place in our hearts for your and, and Montana because that was like our first mm-hmm. like true blood that got us. Yeah, you guys did good. I well, thought so. I mean, once we there's, broke there's, and got fixed, then we did really good. And then there's a whole bunch of areas right along the racetrack, which are extra green from like where our co-driver had to get out and barf. <laughs> There's like a bunch of those spots. It was great. But we really appreciate like what you guys are doing with Yellowstone. Like what a great rat grassroots series. We've said that over and over tonight. And like, you can't say enough. Like you guys are all volunteers. Like no one's getting rich. This is not NASCAR here. You guys do this because you love it. And you give us some as racers and pit crews somewhere to come and do what we love to do. And, and we have to think, our, and none of that would be possible without our landowners. And that's mm-hmm. that's how this is all started. Well, at that Montana race, I got to meet the Warren, Warren. the old guy with the big yeah. one. Yeah, yeah, he was Warren. super cool. Like, I got to talk to him. And, oh, and, him and Hopper were like besties. Yeah, it was, yeah. it was so cool, like, talking to those old guys, because those are the, like the old guys I grew up with back on the farm in Nebraska, you know, the family farm, yeah. they're great grandpa settled it back you know like the whole we actually have to put it there's a homestead rock on the property that we have to like put a cone on every before so that nobody will hit the rock that you know from homesteading it back in the 1800s their family like has been there every if you guys just come up the weekend before or actually about two days before the race you can help us get all the cows in (laughs) take all the side by sides and bring the cows in right before the race can we we use our groms yeah yeah i'm good with it i actually dude go to the house every morning well usually i'm at the racetrack for the entire week ahead of time doing stuff but i like to make a point of going i always go shower at the farmhouse just to make sure that warren's up so he can go get the cows we have had cows on the racetrack before we've also had a cow die on the racetrack before which was super fun when i raced you had to race past the dead cow which smells awful and then you had to race through the draw and then you race back across the top right by it and it also smelled awful across the top it was terrible i i feel like herding cows on groms would be an excellent episode yes. of doing stuff with this, hopper this is what i was gonna say hey, you to make gold. sure yes i mean if you would have been up at like five o'clock in the morning the day of the race we had to go get the cows or the the night after the wind all mm. the cows were out by the bottom of the cliffs we had to go get them hmm. cows are they don't follow direction very well they don't stay where you tell them to cows, like cows are uh interesting creatures i mean i think goats are a little worse than cows but oh yeah goats yeah. are terrorists <laughs> yes they are they're the Taliban. Well, I think uh, I think whether uh, 4955 goes or not, I guess we're going to Montana in June. I would really love to. My family wants to. We might just have to go bring the XJ up and just, I mean, watch or something. But you oh, watch. I can. You can put you to work. We'll put you, you know? to work in a heartbeat out on the track. Oh, this sounds like a good time. 
This is uh, forming up real fast. This is this is gonna be YouTube gold. I'm yeah. not kidding. This is gonna be <laughs> doing stuff with Hopper. This is gonna be good for Yellowstone off road racing. Uh, yeah. Oh man, yeah. we're we're in trouble. We're in trouble. Yeah, I hope that we see you guys. You know, will, if not, I'll see you. I'm sure at one of the races. Are yeah. you? You guys are going to Visions, probably. Yeah. Maybe. Still got to work on that, but right. I really want to go. I Hopper's not super excited because it's Oklahoma in July. It might be hot. Which I'm not super excited about. However, when Joey told me that they have two pools, I was like, You're like, oh, I'm in. I'm sold. I'm I might, sold. I might just have to bring a bunch of wet underwear and keep them in the freezer. There you go. <laughs> great thinking see i'm a visionary <laughs> yeah. well thanks again for coming on tonight we appreciate it i, I think we're going to get great feedback from the show because it was all over the place and yeah. people love that. all over but like i said we really want to thank you guys for taking the time and, and doing all the work and hustling uh you know you're why we get to race like i said and i don't think we can we can thank you enough for doing that. So, well, we thank you for coming to race, or else we wouldn't be doing it, right? It's you it's know? what we all like to do, right? This is our yeah, we're all passionate. We love this, and and this is what it's all about. So, yeah, we will uh, we'll keep people posted uh, with what's going on out there. But like I said, thanks for coming on tonight, and uh, we hope to see you guys hopefully soon. soon yep. This we'll summer, yeah. yeah, for sure. Thanks for having us. You bet. Thank you. All right, man. That was a great show. These guys were fun to have on. I feel like every week we just get like more and more funner guests. Funner guests. I mean, when you start with Jeff Bachman, it's not hard to get funner, right? More fun. Yeah, more fun. So uh, thanks for listening, everybody. Uh, it's our spring break. We're probably not going to have a show next week. Um, but maybe we'll post up some cool things from our spring break adventures on our website um but we'll be back in a couple weeks and and we'll get some more awesome guests in and uh yeah thanks for listening we'll catch everybody on the flip side oh that was so corny i can't believe i said that oh my gosh yeah just just stop while you're ahead just tune in next next time all right thanks guys you've been listening to the pit guys follow us on facebook instagram and all major podcast platforms We'll see you at the races.